Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We couldn't have really too many bits here because there's a bit of drama on Saturday, and I'm going to throw it over to Bears to intro our next guest. Bears up. Thank you, Is Yeah, well, it was one of New Zealand's premier race days of the year and potentially our strongest Group 1 field, and it was left deflated and disregarded on Saturday as Trenton was abandoned due to an unsafe track. The issue came when rain started falling morning of and after the track had reached a good three, making it very firm but slippery on the surface. Ultimately, it was trainers, jockeys and owners who have been left out of pocket as the niggly and difficult trip to Wellington was completely null and void. For the bulk of industry participants, Alan Sharrick, he is a leading trainer and he had a key chance in the Group 1, Captain Cooks, with Just Ask Me. He joins the show this morning and it's a very good morning to Alan, a friend of the show. It's great to talk to him and then we'd love to get his thoughts on uh, on Saturday's debacle that was Wellington. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Bez. How are you? Good, mate. Got Izzy on the line as well, mate. Hey, um, just let's, let's rip into it. Was this, was this situation avoidable, mate? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's um, well, it's nothing short of a disgrace, boys. Really, um, we we produce a product for for one of the biggest race days, and I think through ineptness, they they couldn't get the field right, uh, the the paddock right for us. And you know, I expressed um, some worries to Neil Goodwin, our chief stipends ED, on Friday morning. I was working at the jump out. I'd seen that applied eight mil on a good three. Um, by the time midday came on Friday or 2 o'clock, it could have been back to a good three, if not worse, good two possibly. And I saw the weather forecast on uh, Thursday night. There were showers predicted Saturday. So I rang Neil and uh, I said, it's a recipe for disaster. Probably going to be a skating rink. With that, two hours later, I run brother Bruce, told him, and he expressed to Bernard that I thought there wasn't enough water put on. And hello, New Zealand. A lowly old trainer's predicted what happened when why can't the powers that be, Baz, work it out themselves, you know? Mm. Um, I know for a fact Roger James rang and expressed um, his worries to Kim Truick, and Kim put him in his place and said there'd be no more water applied. So 
probably going forward was what really amuses me. We're going to spend probably 10,000 on turf experts to tell us where we went wrong, but we all know where we went wrong. There wasn't enough water put on to make it safe for the horses and the jockeys, mate. So, matter, matter, they, they had 7 mils of natural rain. Topped it up to 34 mils during the week, looking at the weather forecast for Saturday. They raced on a slow 7, it continued to rain. They got to a 9, um, but it was safe, boys, and they raced and got their meeting done. So, yeah, it just can't keep happening, mate, because it, there's a lot of cost to owners, trainers, jockeys, you know, I, I driving up and down the island, I'd rather be in a pub watching the braces, mate, than driving up and down the island for nothing. So, um, very, very frustrating. I'll tip you. Mm. Yeah, well, mate, I was at the races on Saturday at Matter Matter, and, and we were all astonished, really, that Wellington was called off, and, and everyone there in Matter Matter seemed to think it was a pretty easy fix, that if you know that you're on an ice skating rink, and you know that the rain's coming, then you have to water you've got to water the track to make it safe for everyone, right? And and I guess what about the, the jockeys and stuff, mate? We, it was pretty obvious that the jockeys in that first race were slipping. What was the feedback from them, and were they vocal oh, about I, it? I took the leaf last night, and um, before the first, he knew they were in trouble. Um, he told John Otham to go and have a look at the track. At that stage, um, John O'Bena rung me on the way to the races. He couldn't get his umbrella into the turf. Um, so it's, you know, hey, I'll I, I liken it this way, Izzy, it's like tackling Jane Loma. If one of those horses land on top of you, half a ton, at 40 miles an hour, yeah. you're, in a, you're in a world of pain. Yeah. So you've got, to, you've got to respect the jockeys, and it's not an easy vocation for them, mate. So I wouldn't like to be pushed out there, to be honest. Yeah, no, fair enough. I can understand, mate. Safety is paramount, and these boys and ladies risk their lives every day when they jump on the back of those horses, mate. Um, quickly, I just can't get my, my head around how little old Matamata can, can get it so right and run a meeting, whereas one of the biggest race days, New Zealand Cup, over, uh, with a Wellington Cup, Cook's, Cook's um, Stakes Cup on Saturday at Trenton, which is the biggest race day at Trenton, can get it so wrong. So who's... Who needs to be held accountable, and will there be any monetary kind of refunds for these trainers, owners out there that put so much time and effort into the race to get to Saturday? Will there will there be anything coming back to you? Oh, mate, I think there's mandatory two hundred and fifty dollars for the for the owners. Um, that won't oh, cover yeah. the cost, the time involved. Um, yeah, it's it's not about compensation. We just can't keep going forward and having this happen. Mm. And it, and it's just yeah. to me, it, it's outlandish what happened. We we all knew there's there's Roger James and myself expressing concerns uh, on Thursday and Friday. Nothing's mm. done. And like you say, matter matter did it right. They got they got to the races. They had a safe day, albeit a wet track. But if it's a work track, boys, you make your own decision and scratch the horse. So safety's paramount and racing's paramount because, you know, what's the club done and for their for their corporate guests, food, every, it's it's just a debacle, mate. And, you know, I, I feel someone's got to be accountable. It's time to, yeah. to make the hard calls. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's whoever runs the meeting. I, I believe that... Um, you know, the the caretaker is under a directive from someone further up. Um, but the, the inquiry's got to find out who's at fault. And um, mm. I, I expressed to Bruce, actually, it's time that the guillotine fell, mate. Someone's got to be accountable for, for what 
they've put us all through. You know, it's it's lack of opportunity. It's quite hard to get them ready on the day, boys. That day's gone, so now we re- recount yeah. and re-crank for Saturday at Tarapa, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and there could be some, I guess, different nominations as well, which come in. So you're right, every every horse is trained to the minute for these big races, right? And and now the, that opportunity's gone missing. So is there any reason in particular, Alan, why the... I mean, the names that you mentioned there, yourself and Roger James and John O'Bennett, like, there's some big trainers there, some people with a lot of experience, a lot of weight in the industry. Any reason why your guys' concerns weren't weren't taken on board? Well, I find that outlandish. You know what I mean? But, you know, we employed people to present the field or the cause for us. Um, here's, here's two trainers that have expressed concerns in the week about what they were doing, surely, surely the money they paid, they should be able to work it out themselves. But we've got a job to train horses, not not uh, present tracks, but we could all see the recipe was wrong. And um, mm. I don't think we need a turf expert to tell us what went wrong. I think we've just got to set a mandate out that uh, when, when the weather forecast is looking the way it did, get the water on so the horses can get their toe into the track and race safely. Um, it's no good leaving it till race day and at the skating rink and you get seven mils of rain in the morning on what was possibly a good two or definitely a good three, they reported. It's just a recipe for a disaster, boys. It is. And um, dare I say it, I preempted it Friday, expressed it to Neil Goodwin and Bruce, and hello, New Zealand. That's what's happened. So, um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite sad, boys, really. It is. Mm. Okay, well, we really appreciate you joining us here, Alan, on uh, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we uh, we hope that just ask me in particular gets an opportunity next Saturday, and conditions are, uh, are suitable for everyone, and we get the Captain Cook Stakes run, and it's a success as well. So sounds like we might have avoided a, a tricky situation on Saturday or safety issue as well. So thanks heaps for joining yep. us, mate, and and all the best uh, next week. Thanks, Baz. Right up, buddy. See you, mate. Bye bye. That was Alan Sherrick, one of the prominent trainers in New Zealand and had one, a leading chance with Just Ask Me. But I guess more importantly was just genuinely concerned for the entire welfare of the horses, the jockeys, and also concerned about the lost opportunity yeah. for everyone involved in, in Saturday's meeting. And what better opportunity for us, I guess, to be able to get the other side of uh, the response from New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, a man who always fronts up, he's always giving of his time, and he's not afraid to walk away from the big subjects. And we're joined by CEO of NZTR, and that is Bernard Saundry. And uh, very good morning, and welcome to Baz and Izzy again for, for breakfast here, Bernard. Good morning, Baz. Good morning, Izzy. I prefer to be having a conversation and talking about a great day at Trenton, but um, I think Alan summed it up uh, pretty well. It's extremely disappointing, and uh, we do need to get to the bottom of you know, what's what's gone on prior to the meeting and making sure these things don't happen again. But yeah, not a, not a not a very good day for racing. Yeah, no, obviously disappointing, mate. And and yeah, I thought Alan, I thought he chose his words really well there, and you can hear the disappointment in his voice as well. But mate, from your uh, from your standpoint and in NZTR, like what is it? Is this a bit of a governance issue or is there scope for you guys to be a bit more hands-on in these situations with all the concerns that are raised? Just explain to yeah, us a little bit about what happens from here. 
and how we stop yeah, this from happening. Guys, we, we've got a track preparation policy that's in place that clubs need to follow. Uh, we have got we have got a couple of um, what we call agronomist experts out there this morning just to understand what's how the what the the, the profile of the track's doing. Clearly, what happened on Saturday shouldn't have happened, and um, Alan summed up what happened at Matamata that didn't happen at Trenton. Uh, yeah, now I've got I've got to get a full report from the stewards, the clubs, uh, just to understand what's happening below that surface, and then and then I've got a board meeting later in the week. But um, no, unsatisfactory, uh, and we've got to do better. We can't we can't lose these race meetings. Yeah, things do happen. Uh, the safety of jockeys are paramount, but we've also we've also understand the yeah, the impact that it has on uh, trainers, jockeys, owners, and um, and punters. Because uh, you know, when you look at a day like that, we probably would have generated out of the Australian and uh, New Zealand markets circa four or five million dollars in wagering turnover, which you know could cost the the industry uh, somewhere between two and three hundred thousand dollars. So it's um, it's a you know it's, it's just not good enough. So we're going to get to the bottom of it. And the clubs the clubs devastated, and uh, the committee's devastated. So. Uh, at the same time, the jockeys, uh, we've got to respect the jockeys' decision. There were slip marks on the track at the 900, so we just couldn't continue the meeting. Yeah, totally, totally understandable there, and I, I think that's paramount. Safety's paramount. These guys, they're high, and, and ladies, high risk, high reward, putting their lives on, on the line to, to, to ride these horses and hopefully prevail at the end of it. But, mate, there's so many moving parts. I can get an understanding. There's so many moving parts involved in this. And there's so many different um, governing bodies. I feel that, that that are involved in this. So, so where do, who who who's held accountable here? And I know you're doing your own investigation through it now. What's the ideal outcome when you get to the end of this and end of this investigation? So going forward, we can can never have a, have this happen again. Well, the accountability accountability sits with the club and then ultimately in ZTR. But the club's got to prepare the tracks um, as per our policy, and the policy is. Uh, a good three for the majority of the race meeting, and you heard Alan. Alan had the the, uh, the summary right. It was a good three. They got some light rain. Mm. It was put up a dead five. Uh, we've got to understand how much rain occurred on that morning. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's about getting it right, Izzy and Baz. It's um, and yeah. our board will make sure with me getting all the facts together that um, we just keep minimising that risk. And uh, you know, I, I probably. I could keep repeating it, but it's completely unsatisfactory. So we've got to fix it mm-hmm. for the future. Yep. And tracks, you know, just, there's no doubt right across the country we need investment in our tracks, we need investment in resources, we need investment in equipment. Um, but you know, I'm not making excuses either. Yeah. Just to go on about that, you mentioned there was a, a dead four. There's absolutely no way that track was a dead four at the start of the race meeting. And, and I know that... Um, that Kim uh, Trewick had, had mentioned that it was, and there's a video circulating with him talking about how, how great the playing surface was going to be yeah. for that day. But right from the get-go, the jockeys and the trainers and everyone, all the people who are really in the know had raised concerns about it. To me, there's just such a disconnect between those who are on the front line of the industry who are bringing the, 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 um, the product to the market and those who are maybe making some of those decisions. I know that this is something that you'll be drilling right down on to try and get to get better, but why is there a disconnect? Is, is it an ego thing? Is it is it a power thing? Like, surely people should just be making the decisions which is best for for the sport. 
good summary. Uh, at the end of the day, the, com the communication between the club, NZTR, and the participants, what I've learned since Saturday, we probably could have done that better. Uh, what, what should we have done differently? So I'm, I'm not going to, once again, uh, what could we have done differently and how do we get... It's, in all these things, Baz, it's a partnership between the participants and the club and the industry. So we just have to get that right. And uh, uh, trainers, you know, trainers do have different views, and I respect that. It's a competition, but we need to uh, need to look after the asset that we've got. Our assets are our, our tracks, our horses, and our people, and uh, they've got to have a, a safe uh, surface in order to play on it. So, yep, lot of, lots we've got a lot of work to do. You're a good man. We really appreciate you coming on our show, Bernard, and you're always giving you your time, mate, and I know that you're uh, ultimately you'll get to the bottom of this to make sure that, and given the situation again, we get a more favourable result, but good luck with everything, mate, and uh, and thanks again for joining Baz and Izzy for Cheers, Bernard. Thanks, Baz and Izzy. We'll come back and once we've done this review and we'll share the findings and what our next steps are, but uh, thanks for having me on this morning. Oh, good man. Thank you very much. Look forward to that. There's Bernard Saundry, the big boss of NZTR. And, yeah, you can hear that he's pretty filthy on he the bears. whole thing as well. And prior to that was Alan Sharrick, prominent trainer in New Zealand as well, who is also filthy. So, look, I think everyone's in agreement that this is not a good situation. It's not an ideal situation. Mm -hmm. But we need to find a way that it doesn't unfold again because you cannot have one of your prominent race meetings, one of your best race meetings of the year, rubbed out because of negligence. Give us a text, double eight, double three. Let us know your thoughts on the on the meeting which was abandoned at Trentham on Saturday. Or give us a call on 0800 150 811 on the Kennard side phone line. This is Baz Nizzy for breakfast on SNZ. Into Murray's corner now for the final time. Second gear, lines it up. The 2021 Repco Bathurst round and winner is Chaz Moster. Chaz Mostert coming around the final bend. He actually nearly lost today. He just got a little backspin on the on, on the back tyres. I thought he was going to spin out, but no, he had it all under control as he did the whole week. He was outstanding and by far the fastest car on the track, and he showcased that during yesterday's race. Paul Radisic is a Kiwi motorsport legend and knows how much of a slog it is over the mountain, and he's with us on this morning. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. How are you both? Oh, we're good, good mate. We're good. We're good. We're up and about. Lots going on. Lots of sport happening over the weekend. But it was a big race yesterday that I really enjoyed. Actually, I watched it and 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 watched parts of it. And I actually went away and came back. And uh, Shane Van Gisbergen was 18th. I was wondering what what went on, mate. But for you, you enjoy the race? Yeah, I sure did. It, um... You know, sitting back watching it, um, you know, you, you don't get to experience those uh, those temperatures or the the, mm. the excitement that really goes on. And you know, it, it sure it does come through there. And uh, um, you know, it, this year didn't disappoint. Just like every other year, um, you know, the highs and lows um, just it just keeps rolling on. And uh, that place, you know, it's it's the only mountain event in the world and, and uh you know throw a few pace cars in there a bit of bad but you know, a bit of bad luck and and uh you know it just makes for a, a very exciting race but as you said mostert you know he was the car to, to win 
Holdsworth, I think, did a superb mm. job as a, as a co-driver for him. The lap times yeah. were identical to Mostert, so he, you know they had the choice to leave him in for as long as they could. And as as we saw, you know they experienced the tide, the lamination, um, and he, mm. they still fought through. So that the speed of the car was was tremendous. They drove it exceptionally well. Um, you know, only not too many pace cars this year, but just enough to make it interesting. Um, you know, mm. for us Kiwis, um, with Shane having the uh, the tyre delamination, I mean, it, it just shows you how fast that car was of, of, of the 25 yeah. car, Mostert's car, because Shane just threw everything at it and he, and he smoked yeah. out his tyres and uh, um, there was nothing he could do about it. So a late stop, which dropped him, um, you know, dropped him to the back. But uh, always exciting, uh, regardless if you're uh, you're in it or watching it. Yeah. So, what, what was your? Why was Mostert's car so much quicker? Could you, I know you probably got to get behind, underneath the bonnet and get an understanding, but from what you're seeing, what, why was his car so much quicker than the than the rest of the field? Well, it, there's never never just one thing. It's it's a it's, it really mm. is a combination. And you're talking, you know, you're talking two or three tenths as a lap time mm. um, quicker. And that's not every lap, but. You know, there's, there's there's bugger all in it, but you've got to get the you've got to get everything right. The pit stops have got to be right. Um, the car, obviously, straight line speed needs to be good. The handling needs to be good. It needs to be easy on its tyres. They, they just got it right. Um, you know, yeah. all year the championship. I mean, Shane wrapped up the championship, but um, you know, Mostert was has been there or thereabouts. But you know, the car never showed this type of speed. So. Whatever they yeah. did, um, you know, you've got to pull all those nuts and bolts together. Um, <laughs> uh, they did a superb job, and um, you know, when the time came, they uh, they uh, they cleared out. Yeah. Hey, Paul Spaz here, mate. I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a sort of race car novice, so I'm just trying to get a little bit of an understanding as well of like just the tyres and the temperature and the track. Like, can you give us a bit of a rundown of how how the changes can happen a- across the day with all those different factors involved? Mm-hmm. Well, weather, the weather plays a big change. Even even cloud cover, you know, from it can drop two or three degrees temperature, and all of a sudden you can have a car which is handling extremely well to to something that that goes goes away on you. And once again, you're talking very very small amounts of time. You know, a tenth a tenth of a second over over a lap. You know, you put that together, 161, um, and, and you can't see the car in front; it's disappeared. So. Every little bit makes a difference, and you know you can see it in qualifying. Those, those lap times that they did down in the three were just, you know, when I retired, we were we were struggling to get into the eights. Um, so you know how much faster they're going. So you know in qualifying, they uh, they pump the tyres a little harder to try and get a bit more temperature in them. They put more camber on, more a little bit more toe. Uh, ride height gets changed. There's there's a, there's, there's a whole lot of little things get get altered to get the absolute best out of the car for one lap and then of course now then, then you, the race you're looking at you know 161 22 laps are a, a stint so you've got to make the tires last your fuel economy has got to be right so you, you you're trying to make you're continually adjusting the car all the time and i think it showed a clip in in, in one part of the footage where they were tuning the car with the front um air dam and that basically allows more air to go through the front brakes. But when you let more air go through the front mm. brakes, you lose downforce on the front, and that causes more understeer. So 
you know, that, that's how finely tuned his cars are. So, you know, and that and that goes right the way, you know, right the way through the whole um, the whole vehicle, you know, as well as you, you know, the last little bits of the driver just adjusting to suit for the conditions that's underneath his foot. Oh, there you go. There's a little lead into the finer detail, Baz. That's needed for these these cars that just pull so much horsepower. And uh, maybe one day Paul Radisic can take us for a little hot lap, eh? Hot lap oh, around all yeah, there. Yeah, you know, somewhere around there. We might have to hold thing. him down and, and get you to take us around, mate. We really appreciate you on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> Paul Radisic <laughs> reacting to Chaz Mostert's uh, win over there in Shane Van Gisbergen, we'll, we'll claim it, mate. He's, thanks, he's an absolute champion Kiwi he's racer. Still, so still thanks so much for your time this morning. Yeah. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah, he's still a hero, for sure. That is Paul Radisic, and hopefully we can get Shane Van Gisbergen back very, very shortly. Uh, if you've got any questions or any texts there, give us a text on the text machine, double eight double three, or call us anytime on the Kenatai phone line, 0800 811. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> Is it is time for our McCafe coffee catch-up as well. And well, as far as sporting legends go, Daniel Luca Vittori would be right up at the top of the list. The Black Caps are just five wickets away from having their test series. And India wrapped up with the host on a different level this time around in the second test. But the weekend surely has belonged to Ajaz Patel. Ten wickets in the first innings, another four in the second. Well, the, the whole world has been in awe of what he's been able to achieve. Just the third person in the history of Test cricket to achieve the feat after Jim Laker and Anil Kumble. We're joined by the wizard, the legend that is Daniel Vittori. He's on the line now. Good morning, Get. Good mate. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. Now, before we before Izzy wants to lay down the gauntlet, he reckons he's got your spin bowling worked out for the Black Clash this year. <laughs> I got you. I thought we'd better. He reckons he's worked that out that they don't turn. <laughs> but, but mate, um, well done. Just let's let's chat, Ajaz. Let's chat, Ajaz Patel. Just what a like remarkable achievement getting ten wickets, and and I know the test probably ain't going to go down uh, as as a great one for us from a performance point of view. But just can you can you give us some sort of inkling into what what a ten wicket um, haul and and how what that sort of means and and how just how difficult that is to achieve. Yeah, I mean, it is hard to put into words, but I think the, it's one of those special things of 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 a, of a generation. And for cricket watchers, I think you think of all the cricket that you've watched, Baz, and that I've watched, and and, you, and it's hard to remember any specific stuff because so many things happen in, in a test match game. But for someone to to take all ten wickets, obviously only happening three times, to see it actually unfold. Uh, to see the excitement, four wickets, five wickets, um, getting closer and closer, and you could see how the team was getting excited as well. Um, it, it mean, obviously, it means so much to Ajaz, but I think it means so much to New Zealand sporting public and New Zealand cricket followers because we'll, you always have that. It's, it's Jim Laker and Okumbla and Ajaz Patel, and, and he may seem slightly unlikely in that group, um, but the way he bowled and the, the skill that he showed and the, the consistency... Uh, meant that he was just a, a class above on the day. So, one of the one of the all-time great sporting moments for New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, and you're a bit of a train spotter as well, historian of the game, Dan. <laughs> you can recite pretty much every statistic which has ever been achieved in this great game of ours. So, what about the luck which is involved in in being able to take ten wickets as well? 
Yeah, I mean, you the, the amount of times that people got close, and I mean, the the, the obvious one is Vaughan Brown taking the the tenth wicket versus um, uh, Australia when Sir Richard got nine fifty two, and then he didn't play a huge part in the game, but it'll be forever remembered that he took that that one wicket that that Sir Richard couldn't get. So all all the little things that come into place, um, whether people not taking reviews or drop catches or or things just not going someone's way, it's uh, it's a reason it's only happened three times, and and that's that's what makes the achievement so special. Brilliant. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Izzy to to jump in in a second because I know he's just desperate to find out just what you've been up to in the last little while since the most recent black clash. Have been rolling the arm over, or, or are you just gonna go in fresh? Got a few questions, mate. I want uh, we, I don't want to know why you didn't bat in the last one. Oh, I, I did bet, but old Jake, you bowled an absolute rip snorting Yorker to Jason Spice, and well, no one could hit you anywhere. That's why Flem saved you for the last over. We needed six off, but we could only get one run. It was absolutely disgusting. So I was zero, not out. I've batted twice. I've got a duck, and I want to talk to you about that duck quickly just before we get on to back to the Black Cats. Did you do some analysis on on my gameplay? Because my strengths are the are the square cut. Square cut. So all week I'm like, Vittori, armball, armball, doesn't turn it, doesn't turn it, bowls it, floats it up, just outside off, just outside. I rock back to go cut it, and it just goes straight through me, and I chunk. Was that a plan? <laughs> well, well, Tim Selby always used to call me a left-arm change bowler, change of pace bowler. He said I couldn't, uh, couldn't turn it. So every ball ends up in the same position. It just gets there slightly differently. So... That that was what I that's what I tried to do. So if I do bowl you in the next <laughs> one, remember everything's gonna go straight. But it might come it might get you quicker, it might get you slower. You just gotta deal with it once it gets to you. So Bears Bears actually led, led me in really nicely. He said, Danny boy, he bowls the same but he, he actually bowls back from the crease. So that's how he changes up his speed. You watch him, he might be bowling from behind the umpire in one ball and then the next one he'll be overstepping the front line. So is that is that no, the way we saying, kind of pick it? Yeah. No, no. Well, I was saying that he I mean, he changes his delivery stride. Ah. Yeah, that yeah. that sort of allows me to change fast. Well, but I used, I used to get Baz out all the time, but I've actually never got Baz out once. Well. <laughs> I've just so, the umpire's assistant. So when Dam is my five dismissals of Brendan. <laughs> so Dam was captain of the Black Cavs, so every single umpire wanted to make Dan happy, so they didn't think they would. Progress their career quickly. So pretty much the minute that Dan hit anyone roughly around the pads, he'd sort of turn around, throw both <laughs> arms up in the air. Didn't even get a didn't even get a ha. He didn't even need to. The fingers up straight away. And it was like and I was sitting there walking back, just going, "You gotta be kidding me!" It's just and Dan's just laughing away. <laughs> hey mate, um, how's life for you anyway, mate? You um, what's what's news? Plenty of golf, family. What's uh, what's, what's uh, going yeah, on yeah, in Daniel Victoria's world? You just summed it up. So there's a bit of golf and family last last two couple of days of school. So we're rummaging around trying to get kids to school and then a, a little bit of golf as well. So I think it's been nice to be sort of forced to be at home for a, for a long period of time with all, all that's going on in the world. I managed to sneak away to the, the 100 competition, which was which was good good fun, but it's mainly just been about being at home. Oh, good mate, and um, and your involvement with cricket. Obviously, you're coaching over there in the hundred. You've done a lot of coaching stuff around the world as well. Have you got any involvement with the 
the New Zealand boys, either from a, a collective point of view or one-on-one -on -one stuff or, or just mentoring stuff? Um, a, a little bit of just a few conversations here and there. Had worked, talked a little bit to Ajaz, sort of. I definitely don't want to claim anything. Um, but uh, I think the... Say, just get all 10. Chronic, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was more about T20 bowl. He didn't want to listen to the test match. So. Um, uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got that covered. He's fine. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's, as you know, Baz, it's just uh, hard finding all the time to fit it all in. But any time I can sort of help with the spinners, then I'd love to be involved because we've actually got some, some really good spinners all in all formats, so we're, we're pretty lucky when you couldn't really say that about depth of spin bowling in New Zealand over the years, but at this current mm. point in time, we've got four or five guys who are, who are really good bowlers. Hey, mate, have you, let's talk about the Black Caps as, as a whole. Um, in all formats of the game, they've been leading the way around around the world, obviously just fell short on the T20 final, but for you as, as a past player, how proud are you to, to see this current team and the way they've been able to perform um, Apart from this last test match, hopefully we were still in it. But for you, being a bit of proud old boy, uh, very much so. I think you look at this test match and it's a blip on a on a very long radar of mm. success. And whenever a New Zealand team yeah. goes into a cricket game these days, albeit um, test matches, one day as a T20s, you expect them to win. And if they don't win, it's a mm. surprise, and they and they normally bounce back pretty quickly and and rectify that performance. And that's a real Skill and, and you talk about um, you know, an ex-player and how proud you are to watch it. It's just nice to see them perform so well, so consistently, and people talk about them with, with such reverence. And that's that's a really cool thing to to think you were once part of it, uh, but to also sit back and appreciate how good how good they're doing it at the moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Couldn't couldn't agree more with you as well. Hey, um, what about over the summer? What have we got coming up? You've got. Um Obviously, you, you'll spend a bit of time with the family. Are we going to see you around the, the Black Caps games? Any sort of capacity, media or coaching uh, or, or as a fan? No. Uh, oh, oh, and the son normally drags me along. I'm trying to think. The mount's not far away. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the son along to watch. I think that's about it at this stage. I, I love watching on TV. I think that's, that's the way I sort of uh, get keep up to date with the Black Caps. I love coming in and out of it and just seeing what's happening. And just feels like feels like summer when test match cricket's on. Although we don't have much this year, I don't think. Is that right, Beth? You've no good me. Yeah, no, we haven't got a whole lot. We've got a couple of Bangladesh test matches to get us underway in the in the um in the season and then we've got a bit of a break and then into South Africa and that later on. But well, there's a test match um at the mount. So why don't we try and arrange just a little bit of golf or something? A couple of maybe a couple of quiet wines catch up. It's been a long you time. Had, Damn. You, you had me at golf. Everyone's busy. <laughs> with you, actually. What are you hitting what, on? What's Dan's swing. Handicap? Well, I was just going to... Yeah, not as good as yours. I'm, uh, I, this, you, you know, when, you, when you're playing a lot, you actually say you're uh, the, 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 the decimal of your handicap, so I'm 6.9 on that. Ooh, 6.9. Okay. Izzy, what are you? Is you're 6, aren't you? 5. I think I'm a 6.3. I've gone out. 6.3. Yeah. And I'm about a um, 10.5. So I'm looking oh, for some shots off the cup. I was, I was talking to a friend of both of us, Bazzard, and he told me that you drove a, drove a par four the other day. Oh, 
Oh, very good. Oh, that was with the three wood too, I think. Thanks, mate. Jesus, it's great to speak to you again, Dan. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to catching up, mate, and uh, we'll get Izzy up there as well. We'll have a game of golf and, and we'll have a couple of yeah, quiet, okay. a couple of quiet beers. I've seen, I seen you at Titarangi last night, uh, mate. So that's, that's a good yep, course. Yep, that's where I play, oh, yeah. yeah. Tough course. All right, mate. We'll let you go, but we appreciate you joining us on uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Really looking forward to catching up as well, brother. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been too long, so look forward to it. say good day to the family. Much love. Here's Danny. Awesome, you too, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Daniel Vittori, the wizard, the legend, the New Zealand cricket, the former New Zealand cricket captain, and uh, an absolute I got champion him, bloke. I so got him now. It's great for uh, well, you got him off the tee. Off the stick. I got him off the tee and I got him off the pitch, mate. I got him. He just play straight, play in the V dag, never ever go back. Play on the front foot, I heard. Play on the front foot, don't go on the back foot. That's when you get caught out. So I've got him figured out, mate. I reckon you might have him on the golf course, but I reckon mm. even if Danny Vittori rocked out there right now, he'd probably still be our number one spinner in the country. <laughs> yeah, so I reckon you might be in a little bit of trouble He's come a like wizard, flash time when he. When you oh. stride to the crease with it, you know, chest out, you've got a good sort of stride, <laughs> get out there, swing the right arm and around, swing the left arm. Yeah. yeah, maybe a couple of butt kicks, raise the old legs to put a side to side, a couple of sort of shadow bats <laughs> on your way out to the crease. Mark Senna, you might even take two legs, such as your, your current cricketing format. Two legs, please, umpire. Take two legs, a little scratch, tap, tap. Tory comes in the bowl from the top of his runner. Walks in slowly, sets up, jumps up, rolls it over. The ball hits the seam, carries on through. Izzy Dad comes forward, goes back, gets stuck on the crease. He gets his front pad ripped off. <laughs> Big shout from behind. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Umpire straight up. Dad gone for his ball. I can see it now. No. I'm no. sorry. Is. I faced I'm him sorry. twice. I faced him twice. <laughs> I faced him twice. The first one, you got it right. Went forward. Off the pad. Didn't even get bat on ball. Second one, rocked back on the back foot. Went to cut it. Off stump, gone. Quack, quack, quack. Through the duck tunnel. Done. <laughs> well, the worst thing about that, worst thing about that, I was skipper. I was skipper and, and Graham Ted Henry was like, where do you want a bat, Dag? And I said, oh. Yeah, I was pumping in the nets. I said, oh, yeah, third drop, maybe fourth drop. Yeah, yeah, put me in the middle. Yeah, I'll go out. Sweet as, rocked out, confident as. Nothing. Quack. Off and then Daisy was in the stand. She was like, "Oh my god, did he just get a duck?" <laughs> oh no, embarrassment. Uh, brilliant, brilliant. We are all looking to recharge on Monday morning after a big weekend, so it's time for our New Zealand health check to get us going. Baz has had the New Zealand protein bar. He reckons it's really, really good. Okay. I look forward to having mine. Post the gym this morning, 10.30, I'm going to go to the gym. But New Zest, New Zest are powering the next generation of New Zealand athletes. This morning, we've got a guy who no doubt is in good shape because, let's face it, <laughs> hockey players, they run forever. Have you ever come across a hockey player out of Nick? He's a Commonwealth Games silver medalist and got a taste of the Olympics this year too with the Black Sticks. George Muir is on the line now. Good morning, George. Good morning, fellas. How are you going? We're up and about, mate. We're going, we're going good. How you been, mate? How's how's the hockey scene going at the moment? Has has COVID slowed you down in, at all this year? 
Hey, uh, yeah, COVID certainly slowed us down, um, especially towards this back end of the year. But it's like a little bit of a good time for that. Um, coming off the Olympic Games, it was nice to have a bit of a break. Um, and we're kind of starting to get back into it all now. So when you say hockey players aren't in, haven't seen one in bad neck, I think we're getting close to that. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> no chance. Uh, what, your percentage body How many Ks you're clocking up a day? Is it? <laughs> uh, just on the back of a run, actually, so probably shouldn't say that one. Back in the office today, so I thought I'd, thought I'd get back into the routine, boys. Nice. Well, how you been? What have you been able to do? What training wise? You've been been able to keep up the training and, and kind of tick those boxes and do everything necessary. So when you get back to to the field and and you be able to play, you're you're actually not too far off. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I guess the international hockey scene's a bit of a strange one. We we seem to to be, go twelve months of the year normally. So mm. it's been pretty refreshing to have a bit of an off season, I guess. So been doing a bit of. Nice. A bit of running, a bit of yoga, a bit of surfing, just trying to keep active, but kind of give the body a break at the same time. Mate, put into perspective how much running you do in a match. I've, I've, I've seen a couple of hockey players, and particularly the girls, Gemma Flynn and, and them down here, they're so fit. They're so fit. But can you put into perspective like how much, how many kilometres are you clicking over in, in a match? Yeah. It's, you'd probably be surprised. It's, it's not all that, that many Ks. We're probably doing kind of between 8 and 12 Ks a game, but it's um, it's the high-paced metres that get you. So it's um, it's very much high-speed running, um, short, sharp stuff. And even when we're even when we're subbing every five or so minutes, you're, you're still coming off pretty smashed. So it's not so much the, the Ks that get you, it's that high-speed running. Righto, George. I had for breakfast this morning. I had here we go a Nuzes Clean Lean Protein Plant Based Protein Bar, the almond and vanilla flavour. It was actually quite delicious. And I had to wash it down with a nice coffee. But let it, tell us how Nuzes lets you be at your best, mate, and how do you, and how it helps you stay as fit as what you are. Yeah, cheers. I must say, my breakfast as well has been a. Uh, I had a vanilla shake with a bit of good greens in there. Um, and that's that's basically it for me. So every time I'm training now, I've, I'm going to New Zest um, after to, to sort of refuel. And the, the difference I found with New Zest is that it fits with my body super well. So um, you know, after a hockey game, when you've been running those high pace meters, your your stomach's kind of all over the show. Your body's all over the show. And I used to find it really tough to to eat or to have a really heavy protein shake. But um, I think the New Zest that that's the, the, the difference for me is it fits super well with my stomach and having the bars now to go to as well just when you you need a little snack or or a, uh, a feed in between in between trainings and that sort of thing. Um, it's made a, a massive difference for me over the last sort of year or so. So stoked, stoked that you guys are enjoying those bars as well. <laughs> I'm going to have mine very shortly. Baz is recommending it. The, sure the chocolate peanut butter one? Good. Yeah, I had that one yesterday, actually. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually running out, so feel free to send some more through to me as well, George. That'd be great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I put in a good word, eh? Oh, he's putting in the word. Hey, good mate, man. quickly before we, we let you go, tell us about the, the relationship with New Zealand, mate. Like, I get an understanding. They're really supportive of our, of our athletes around New Zealand, and they've been able to help you, you know, do what you need to do on, on, on the field, mate. 
Yeah, they are, man. They, um, I think they've got a good a good range of ambassadors, and and they're, um, mm. you know, they're basically just just there for us in whatever whatever way we need and however they can help. So, um, I've had had no shortage of of supplements from them for the last year, and that's meant that I've had not had to to worry about my nutrition, which has been great. Um, and you know, it's been great to sort of connect with other New Zealand athletes. Um, Aroni. Aroni the sailor from uh, Samoa. I got to spend some mm. time with him in Tokyo and chat about music and, and that kind of thing. And to see the the athlete scholarships they're doing as well, that's pretty cool. Just to to support the guys that maybe don't have have the the support that they need financially from their sports at this stage of their career as well. So it's pretty cool to see what they're doing in that space as well. Awesome, mate. Awesome, mate. Well, thank you so much for your time, George Muir, mate. We uh, appreciate you coming on the Bears and Izzy for breakfast. And uh, we'll let you know how that new uh, protein, what a chocolate and peanut butter goes down the street. I'll have it shortly, mate. Thanks very much. Good stuff, fellas. Have a good evening.